What's good, Denver? What's up, YouTube streamers? This is our first stream. Really happy that you're here. Um, What's Good Denver is a weekly celebration of culture and discovery and fun stuff to do in Denver for kids, couples, singles, and old timers. I'm Ryan Estes with Tom, the Don, Donahue, Olivia, oh really? Lorienti? Wow. And the Devonte Adams of podcasting, Troy Higgins. Today's feature is fitness and particularly the gyms in and around town. We'll go over the best events in Denver this week and share some highlights from last week. Please follow the show. Go to kitcaster.com forward slash Denver. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Our sponsor today is Wildcast. Wildcast is a podcast advertising platform for the world's iconic technology brands. If you're in SaaS or B2B, your customers are sophisticated and hard to find. Wildcast makes it easy to connect to them on podcasts, particularly business and technology podcasts where your favorite customers are already going to find tools and solutions for their business. Advertisers, go to GoWildcast.com for a free audience roadmap. That's GoWildcast.com. Once again, GoWildcast.com. Appreciate it. Today's music is by Troy Higgins, always. Troy, good to have you back, buddy. How was vacation? It was fun. It was a great time. Uh, Spent two days in Vegas and then head over, went over to Grand Junction for a few days to visit some family. Uh, they live on a 28 acre property with batting cages, dirt bikes, quads. So it was definitely a big switch up from the suburban neighborhood I'm in in San Diego, but it was a super fun time. And then uh, was in Denver briefly, um, just heading to the airport on the final day. So yeah, overall good vacation, a lot of traveling. Uh, glad to be back home. Tremendous. Did you get some dirt biking in? I didn't because I didn't want to break my spine. It was it wasn't like beginner dirt biking. It was like X Games. Like these jumps were like like the ramps were literally like ten feet launching onto these giant dirt. Like you would have been in twenty feet in the air if you if you hit the jumps these kids oh were my God. Had, that they had on their property. So yeah, there was no way. I did ride the quad though around. Nice. Nice yeah. with a with a first aid kit just in case. <laughs> that's yeah. that's my role in Vegas. Did you see the sphere? I saw the outside of it, but I was hanging out with some people who went to the U two concert oh. inside of it, and they said it was like next level insane, um, just crazy. Oh my god! And I I saw some videos. It's it looks wild. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. Yeah, the, at some point the video from inside the sphere looks un freaking believable. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that there's like 400 seats underneath uh like a a ceiling. So like the next level comes over you so like when you look up you actually can't see the top of the sphere. Oh, yeah, the cheap they, seats. That's where I'll be sitting. They had some cheap seats so like you don't get to see the top of the sphere. I don't know so why I, I assumed too. you were going to say under the stage. <laughs> I I heard that the uh it's really steep. Like it's if you have vertigo it's like insanely yeah, steep. So I they saw might that have too. other options like for people who I don't know aren't good with heights. How many people does that sit? Are we talking like 10,000 or is it less? I have no idea, to be honest. Yeah. Not sure. The scale of it is very confusing. The outside is extraordinary too. I mean, what a cool mm-hmm. thing. Every once in a while, and by that I mean seven times a day, I get a little bit bummed out about humanity. And then we'll put out something like this. 
you know? It's so badass. And it's just meant to be badass. I love that. Okay, so wait, let me show let me show everyone this. So you'll be able to see what seats you don't want. Um I got the let me go to the screen share right here. Troy, you might not be able to see it, but um everyone at home can see it and you guys will be able to see here. You see this whole area? Ah oh. right underneath this awning. So like you won't be able to see all of this. Okay. If you're in that section. Oh, wow. So the ceiling is kind of like, it's flat. It's not like the inside of the sphere. Oh, well, like there's a, it's a sphere inside that dome, but it's not the same size as the outer sphere. Okay. Okay. If we could see right here, like you'll be able to see it on the video, but here's the inside of the sphere right there. Yeah. And then there's another ceiling and then you have the outside, which is much bigger for that presentation. But yeah. There's a couple seats right around this area where you're missing the pretty much the entire sphere. Yeah, <laughs> you're missing most of it. Wow. I mean, what a cool thing. Unbelievable. If I had $5 billion, I'd make one of those. That's exactly what I would build. Is that how much it costs? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, they're going to be putting these all over the place now. Are like, they really? I think they're going to do like a, this might not be true, but I heard like a Madison Square Garden spheres coming and they're going to be doing them in a lot of major cities dude amazing win for humans god dang sphere centers hell yeah we know 100 what what we really want is just to be entertained at any cost yeah as cool as it could possibly be who knows how what the ticket prices are going to be on that but it's got to be worth it mm -hmm. it's unreal definitely a lot i'm gonna wait until somebody other than you two is there yeah. Wait, so likewise. <laughs> you I heard they go hard. I heard enough the of them on my. So it's a good matchup for the for this fear. Dude, the we did bad PR last week, but uh, I'll never stop associating you two with that time. They just like was it like iPod sold for a period of time, just like had their album on it. Like nothing oh. reduced their value and made them seem more silly than that. Because people were making jokes like. Why did you give this to me? Like, <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Want I didn't it. want this. There was an update that just pushed their latest album onto your phone, like as a download in your Apple Music or or whatever in your iTunes. Yeah. For the longest time, I couldn't figure out why I had their music on my phone. Like, whenever that happened, and I was like, and I got a new phone, and it was still on there, and I was like, why do I have? You like I don't listen to this. How did this get on here? Why am I? Being... And then later, I figured out it was like force fed to all of us. Yeah. You're like Bono is haunting me. <laughs> the problem yeah. was that album just kind of was below par. I mean, that early YouTube stuff is absolutely legendary and epic. I mean, I, I love me some early YouTube, but then they kind of went to, yeah, I guess they took it from like kind of a punk rock Irish thing into like an operatic, like, I mean, it, it makes sense that they'd be the first people there because they made music for that kind of situation, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not going to pay that top dollar to go see YouTube. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, YouTube. You know, but I mean, as a tip of the hat to humanity, this is exactly what people have been building since the dawn of civilization. What's the, the oldest known structure is uh, Gobekli Tepe, right? And that's like, I don't know, it's some ridiculous, like 25,000 years old or something. And I swear to God, it's an amphitheater. Hmm. That's what it is. It has these cool stone mm -hmm. pillars and it's a whole stone dugout like amphitheater where people could go and, you know, listen to whatever the Gobekli Tepe equivalent of U2 would be. We'd be the people behind that stone structure being like, why does this guy get the spot? 
I don't want to hear him here. I'm going to wait to go see Gobekli Tepe when non-Gobekli Tepe U2 is playing. So it's only percussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. We're humans. We build cool spheres. Anyway, let's jump into events, and I'm going to kick things off this week. Um, Troy, great to have you back, buddy. Okay. Thanks for having me. You betcha, man. I'm going to lead off with some stuff for the kiddos. I'm going to talk about Miller's Farms. Miller's Farms is something I brought my kids to every single year. Um, it wasn't until they were in middle school that I got contentious. But Miller's Farm is this really cool place where you can go. It's an actual active farm, but they create kind of a, a wholesome farm experience for people this time of year. So they have kind of what's like a fall festival uh, where you can go. And basically for 25 bucks a pop, you get a couple of bags. And you can just fill your bags with all the produce you can possibly carry out of there. So you got your squashes. You got got all kinds of different pumpkins. You got all kinds of different uh, uh, fall type vegetables. It's so fun, especially for kids. They they really go crazy. They have like the, the, the tractor rides where you can get in there with the hay rides. It's so cool. Now, once they're a little bit older, they also have other pumpkins. And there's this new breed of pumpkins. I'm not sure what it's called, but they're unbelievably massive. I don't know if you guys have seen these. Like the, the like vine is like this big. Oh, wow. They might be 50 pound pumpkins and they're not cheap. And so my son got really excited when he was probably like sixth grade about the size of the pumpkin. And of course you have to get the biggest pumpkin. So he's making a big stink and it's not like him. He, do, he doesn't throw tantrums or stuff like that, but he had to have these two pumpkins. And I swear to God, it was like $120 worth of pumpkins. And I got really upset. So if your kid's are a little bit older, maybe wait, <laughs> you know, get them a big one at King Supers mm -hmm. and then go out there for the squash. But Miller's Farm is absolutely awesome um, for, for anybody. It, get, get that like fall harvest feeling. Um, they are at 13912 County Road 19, Platteville. I couldn't tell you where that is, but um, we have all the links in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, also want to give another shout out to the Reptile Expo, which is going down this weekend. I've been talking about it a couple weeks because I'm amped for the Reptile Expo. If you've been to Repticon, it's very similar. It's got all your creepy crawlies plus all mm. your scaled friends and probably non-scaled friends, which would be like, what, a gecko? What are the non-scaled lizards called? Yeah, yeah. Those ones have like more of a skin. Yeah, and I think anyone Wait. that can like change color yeah. is not scales. Oh, is that true? Uh, that's what I. Th Do they in I include I amphibians though? Like, are there going to be salamanders and things there? Yep, there's those. Those ones have skin too. I think salamanders. Mm -hmm. They they got all the cool stuff. It's really really fun, and there's plenty of snakes you can hold. There's a everybody who comes likes to bring their snakes to the event. So there's a lot of people holding their snakes, which are you know usually pretty calm. That's yeah. definitely what it is. Amphibians don't have any scales. Amphibians have skin and sometimes they breathe through their skin or maybe that's a defining trait of amphibians. I don't, I don't really know. But I know that if you're a reptile, you got to have scales. You got to have scales. Amphibians yeah. are not reptiles. No. No. But are reptiles amphibious? I don't think it, I don't think it's like a square rectangle situation. I think they're separate. Yeah. I don't I'm not an authority on this. They're definitely separate. I know we should have Ozzo. He should be our, our reptile correspondent as well. As yeah, NFL. we need we need someone in high school <laughs> life science class to explain <laughs> to this to us. To break it down, you got to go though. Um, especially, I mean, if you're if you're modestly interested in snakes, they have gigantic specimens too. Like people will bring the big hundred pound jammies that are looking really cool under their heat lamps. So that is at oh gosh, I forget. 
I'll find it and <laughs> come back to it later. Um, also for the kids, magpies and crows, friends or foes? We're going to be answering that question. That's at Chatfield on Sunday between one and three. Basically, they're going to be talking about these birds, which I forget the name, but it's pulling up now, where essentially they're these are largely uh, on the ground and in the sky. Mm. So And they eat carrion largely, but they're also very, very smart, magpies mm-hmm. and crows. Um, what are they called? Corvids. Okay. Birds know as corvids. That's led over to a long, complicated history between our two species. So I, I don't know what the complication is between the species. I didn't know there was beef between corvids and humids. They always seem pretty chill to me, but um, it seems like a great place to get educated on if there is a longstanding beef between these bird species and humanity. Who knows? Friends or foes? You can find out at Chatfield on Sunday at 1. Um, we have on Saturday at the Crypt at 8 p.m. is Denver Vintage Reggae Society. They're going to be spinning old school ska, rock steady, uh, reggae music on vinyl there. You can go check them out. And then I'm wrapping up my weekend on Sunday, October 15th at 7 p.m., which is the debut of the Denver Nuggets coming back for preseason against the Bulls. Super excited for that. As you all know, in Denver, we can't watch the games unless you get something, some kind of bootleg stream or f- what is it called? Tubu or something? Fubo. Fubo. I, I think I'm going to get Fubo this year. I'm not sure, but I can't. Oh, they black out the games for you guys in Denver? They're blacked out. And so so are the apps. Oh, oh yeah. that's horrible. Yeah, dude, Cronky. You know, Cronky's just, I don't know what his problem is, but he does not want to sell the rights back to Altitude for whatever reason to watch the games. And he has these championship teams that almost nobody watches in Denver because you can't do it easily. Well, you you just have to go out to watch them somewhere. Like, yeah. You can't, unless you have a streaming service like the Fubo or, or whatever, you can't actually watch at home. I know. We finally get a champion team. I don't even care about sports ball, but that seems objectively wrong. <laughs> it is. Cronky and his terrible decisions, of course, you can't tell him nothing because I don't know how many rings he has and how many different leagues at this point. I mean, the Rams are his team. The Avs are his team. The Nuggets are his team. And they all got rings in like the last five years. So he obviously knows what he's doing. But come on. Figure it out. Anyway, I'm going to go over to Fubo because there's nothing like watching NBA basketball at 730 on a Wednesday. It's just the best. I love that it's a night sport. It's so cool. Anyway, super stoked to, to have the Nuggets back and super stoked to see Jokic back in the news. I don't know if you guys saw it, but like he they like filmed his entrance back into the, the ball arena or Pepsi Center or whatever. And honestly, he looked like a kid who had to go back to the first day of school. <laughs> he couldn't yeah. have been less enthusiastic. His like shoulders were slumped over. He's like, back to work. That's like his whole character yeah. now, isn't it? Though he's like, I'm the champion of these idiots. Like, I just get paid to be here. And we're like, yeah. Yes. You know, I think he loves the fans. He really loves the fans. I think he loves a game of basketball. I think it's just it's just a job for him, you know, and it's a little bit hard for him to get going and motivated. And I appreciate that. They're like, what do you think of Coach Prime? He's like, who's that? And he's like, Deion Sanders. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> did you see they asked him if they're like I think they asked him have you picked up a basketball at all this offseason he was like a little bit and then Jamal Murray was like he didn't touch a basketball this offseason. <laughs> he was just riding horses yeah. isn't that what he likes yeah. to do yeah he did not touch a basketball and he's gonna come back and still be the best Totally. Average a triple double every game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's riding horses or if it's like the he rides the cart that's attached to the horse, 
Honestly, yeah, probably because there's no horse that he can get on without it just giving up. I don't. Yeah. That would yeah. be me. If he didn't take, if he didn't touch a basketball, I'm slamming every Jokic over for game one uh, this weekend. So <laughs> that, that's just a given. That's free money. Not financial advice, but <laughs> yeah. But I like if those. You have odds. a gambling problem. All right, Tom. What you got on tap for the, this weekend? All right. Let me see what I have here. Um. No, no, no. That was a feature. Okay, so the first event that I saw just was kind of screaming my name. I think I know what's going on here, but essentially the Grow Up Skate and Smoke. Um, this is happening over at Luminati Productions, which is pretty much like a video production studio. Um, and I think what they're doing is they must be skaters over there because they have all these ramps and stuff at the place. And they're basically telling everybody, come through uh smoke some weed and do some tricks i think they're probably going to be getting some b-roll out of all of these skaters that are smoking and, and signing away their uh image rights but um <laughs> no it, it looks it looks really cool uh and, and i don't really smoke anymore i used to be the smoker skater kid though for sure are they gonna have um, them sign a waiver when they sign those releases Oh, sure. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, if you die, it's not our fault. Yeah. Get ready for a day filled with sick tricks, chill vibes, and big sessions. They have ramps of all, for all levels, so don't be shy. Um, what's a skate session without some good old smoke? <laughs> <laughs> We've partnered with multiple local brands to bring you the best strains and products. Take a break from shredding and enjoy some top-notch cannabis. Okay. Who, who wrote that copy, Grandpa? I don't know. It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like this might be the owner. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. Do you Hello, like the, fellow children. Do you like the marijuanas? We are not police. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good. It's like a whole, uh, you know, a, a whole video recording studio, and they got ramps and stuff in there. So I'm sure it's going to just be a fat session and, and do some filming. Um, that's cool. 21 cool. plus. That's on Saturday at 7 p.m. It's free. Uh, so check it out, I guess, if you like to do that stuff. Um, October 12th, which is Thursday, you have a light code by LS Dream. So I don't know if you guys know, but LS Dream is like one of the super big uh, electronic music producers right now, bass music producer. He's also playing Red Rocks Thursday night, but light code is this little alter ego that he has going on where it's essentially like meditation music like shavasana stuff so here let me just read you the uh the description and this is happening um thursday at 9 30 a.m up at red rocks so light code and shava shavarasa I'm, I'm not gonna say it right i think that was right that looks pretty right shivarasa um light code is essentially like really meditation music and this is like a top-notch producer making custom meditation like bass meditation music it's it's super cool you gotta check it out he does he'll do it at like the festivals and stuff where they're most of the shows are happening at night but you know early morning some people want to wake up and do some yoga or something so he'll do that morning set cool um that's gonna be cool if you're into meditation or anything like that you should check that out um and then so this is happening all October, but we got at the Butterfly Pavilion. They're doing a special Spiders Around the World exhibit. Yes. This looks pretty sick. Um, all of these different spiders, so much information. It's a limited time exhibition only for October. Um, 
the pictures on here of the spiders that they have is just crazy. So if you're uh, into seeing some creepy crawlies and spooky season, you can check that out. And then the final thing that I have was just probably the Red Rock schedule. And I'll be going to Red Rocks on Friday this week. Um, but tonight you got Thundercat, the In Yo Girl City tour that we talked about last week. Yeah. That's probably going to be sick. I saw him on uh, Saturday. Oh, oh really? Dang. Yeah. Sick. It was cool. I bet it, that's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Tomorrow there's a San Holo show, but I think because of weather, they moved this to Mission Ballroom. So San Holo, if you're going to that, it's that mission now. Thursday, you got LS Dream in the morning, Light Code, and then LS Dream Dream Rocks at night, where you're going to get some bass in your face. And then Friday, Alice in Wonderland with DJ Hansel. Also, Crooked Colors. Um, he's so hot right now. DJ Hansel. Hansel. <laughs> DJ Hansel's been hot. And he's been deep. So I'm I'm super hyped for DJ Hansel. I, Alice in Wonderland, also cool. Crooked Colors, cool. John Casey, I don't know, but Pauline, her. She's a good Twitch streamer. She's one of those streamers who streams her production and helps you learn stuff. So cool. I'm all down for her as well. And then, hold on. We got one more event this weekend. I, my screen just refreshed. Oh, yeah. Saturday, Midland, the last resort tour. Um, not too familiar with them. But Sunday, G. Jones. If you really want bass in your face, you go see G. Jones. Uh, that guy's some sort of like musical prodigy visionary who just like makes every single sound is one that you've never heard before and it's punching you right in the gut um so yeah that's cool little bonus for next uh week is hosier going to be there as well nice man until you started really going over this schedule for red rocks i didn't really realize like how ubiquitous edm is like there was like an EDM show five days a week at Red Rocks. Oh, yeah. well, the, we're entering base season right now. Like base season. You're going to have um, like this fall period in Red Rocks is like big for all the dance music. Like if we go through the rest of October, above and beyond their house, Liquid Stranger, bass, Black Tiger, Sex Machine, bass, Griffin, bass. Oh, Mark Rebier, you know who that is? I don't think so. That's good. He's the guy in his underwear in the robe. Yeah, yeah, he he yep. does like a loop machine and he usually is like either in a robe or naked. I saw him there <laughs> last year. It's super dope and he he does it for Halloween so everyone comes dressed up in there. His show is October 26th. That's awesome. But that's pretty much electronic music as well. Duke yeah. Dumont, Electronic Televus House, Madion, Snake, Future Bass. Yeah, man. Yeah, Dead Mouse Zoo, Anjuna Deep of the Trees DJ Snake. Yeah, this whole Pretty much the rest of the season here is going to be dance music, and Red Rocks is a destination for that. So that's cool. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got this week, Olivia. Cool. As a non-electronic music girly, sometimes I just feel like an outsider on Denver popular culture. <laughs> a friend of mine, we were talking about starting um, doing some events together. And he was like, I really think we should do electronic events because that's what people here want. And I was like, you're looking at it the wrong way, dude. Like, we're not in that scene. Yeah. We're going to make trash events. Like, <laughs> you should make events for your scene. Like, what? Um, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Anyway, I am looking forward to Jackalope Art Fair is this weekend. I've been talking about this for a couple months. Um, I don't want to support, like, 
consumerist Christmas starting earlier and earlier. But if you're somebody who likes to buy like handmade gifts by local artists, this is a really good place to get that shopping done. It's going to be October 14th and 15th this weekend, 10 to 5 p- or 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Old Town Square in Arvada. And I've I've done this a few years and you can get really anything from like jewelry to pottery to like clothes and it's all different styles, like not just boho stuff, like some artisan places. Like I remember one year they had really cool, like Twin Peaks, Laura Palmer t-shirts and they're also going to be local food vendors. Um, One of them is lobster dog, which I've never heard of. And I intentionally did no research to (laughs) figure out what it is because I just want to imagine it. Um, Next thing, Denver Film Festival. That's not actually coming up until November 3rd through 12th, but like all film festivals, the tickets sell out. So I think it's important that we talk about it now. Um, they're expecting about 40,000 attendees. They're going to be like, of course, lots of films, shorts, filmmaker Q&As, workshops, receptions, lots of red carpets, which I don't even know where they would hold those in Denver, but they've got them. And uh, you can get like a punch pass, which starts at $60. If you, you can just like five film punch pass all the way up to like all access um, with receptions and red carpets and stuff for $1,250. Plus, if you work in the industry, they have a really discounted pass for industry workers. It's only $175 for all access. Nice. So if you work in film in any way at all, get a cheap pass. It, the Denver Film Festival is an uh, absolute gem. I yeah. loved it. I used to do it all the time. I'd get the pass. And then you don't feel bad about like leaving movies mm-hmm. because I'm I'm not that much of an arty film guy. I, I like great movies, but you can go too far. You know, and then you're just like bored to tears, you know, so you're like, you know, eh, it's not for me. You can leave and there's not like a lot of pressure, you know, so my favorite yeah, films are nice. probably your nightmare. <laughs> Eraserhead. Yeah. You're like, there's no plot to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what kind of film have you gotten up in the middle of before? You know, honestly, they're probably just overly dramatic, mm. you know, where it's just like, this is just bumming me out a little bit, you know, actually I do like arty films if they're like, you know, more cinematic and they have like, um, uh, uh or maybe more, uh, experimental. Okay. Like, um, I used to be fa- friends with, uh, Stan Brackage's family and he was like, he was like a very early, like kind of avant-garde filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he would make movies out of like, by gluing like the, the, um, wings of moths on individual, pieces of film and then you'd look at it and I swear to God, everyone would have a seizure looking at like how intense that was going through, but he would do all kinds of weird stuff. It's kind of a beatnik kind of guy. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of early on fell in love with like that kind of experimental avant-garde. It's just when it goes like too dark, sad, sentimental drama. I'm just like, dude, I, I got to get out of here. We need like a car chase or something. To keep me interested. <laughs> Explosions. <laughs> yeah. You're an Sometimes it gets guy. to a gets to a point where it's just like a little too out there. Like I'm a <laughs> yeah. huge Wes Wes Anderson fan, but I the last his last movie, Asteroid City, I thought was just like a little too Dude, far gone. It's but that's that's my personal opinion. No, it's so wild that you brought that up because I want I was literally thinking about that this morning. Because he just <laughs> the same take, yeah, literally. Because he just dropped um, a few short films, right? Like the Strange Life of Henry Sugar or whatever, whatever. But I remember back at like Grand Budapest 
fave. I loved him. Yeah, I loved his characterization. But then the French dispatch, you started to lose him. You're like, I think he's lost in his own world. He's just like, I made a framed tail eight times over. Watch me go. <laughs> yeah. And that one I was down for just for the aesthetic alone. Yeah. Yeah. But then by the asteroid city, I got out of there and I was actually kind of angry, which wasn't fair, but I had like gotten my roommates to go. I was so stoked. I like made everybody wear cowboy boots. I was in it and I walked out and I was just like, that was completely incoherent. Oh no. That was a college first film project, not even a thesis. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I felt as well. Okay. Side conversation quickly. What's your favorite Wes Anderson movie? Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest, probably. What about Fantastic Mr. Fox? That's a very, very good one. That's a good one. Yeah, or Life Aquatic. Also, yes. I Grand Budapest, the aesthetic of it is, it's got all the hallmarks of Wes Anderson, but it's like frosting without being cloying. All of those like light pinks and like yeah. uh, kind of the Alps snowy. It's just, it's beautiful and soft. I'm going Rushmore. Nice. That's That's all time favorite movie of mine. <laughs> Nice. Love that. Win us back, Wes, at Wes Anderson. Um, my last event is going to be this exhibit called Zero Percent Juice, which just got put up at Core Art Space in Lakewood. So this actually opened on first Friday this month, so on the 6th, but it's open until October 22nd. And I think this sounds like just a very relevant exhibit. I think it's really exciting. I'm going to read the excerpt. It says, just the mere terms artificial intelligence and virtual reality are concerning. Are reality and intelligence really in need of simulacrum? It's like a fruit-flavored beverage that taunts us in no uncertain terms, contains 0% juice. Tasty, sure, but good for our long-term health? Maybe not so much. Sam Smith's latest abstract paintings and collages, which are both tasty and good for you, capture the anxiety some of us have that massive global change is afoot and its potential is catastrophic. Is this colorful body of work apocalyptic wallpaper or the ravings of a paranoid luddite? Okay, so the last two sentences of that were a bit much, but... um, <laughs> <laughs> These are drinks? <laughs> yeah, is this a cocktail? Uh, is this drinks? But conceptually, like... Kind of the look of the collage mixed with abstract expressionism. It feels fresh and it really does feel the way it was described, this kind of 0% juice idea and then processing something that we're, I think, all processing, which is that we are suddenly faced with the reality that is artificial intelligence and virtual reality. It's a lot of strange shit. So um, 0% juice until October 22nd at Core Art Space. And that is all from me. It looks really cool. It's got kind of almost like a communist meets psychedelic abstract impressionism thing going on. All of those things. Yeah. It's very cool. Nice. Thanks, Olivia. All right. Let's get into our feature. Um, and what our feature is this week is we're talking about fitness and we're going to talk about specific gyms. We're going to talk about different places you can go in and around Denver. But before we get to Denver, we got to We got to bounce down to San Diego. Uh, Troy, Troy, what do you got recommended for us this week? Yeah. So my fitness kind of recommendations aren't specific places for formally exercising, but more kind of just outdoor places where you can get a real nice hike or participate in, you know, different activities, um, that you can visit while here. So the first one is a really, really beautiful hiking trail that I've done recently called Sunset Trail to 
Laguna Meadows Loop. Uh, it's about eight miles, 790 feet elevation. It's pretty, pretty um, beginner, not too, too advanced. And it's just a really beautiful hike. You can go with your dogs, your kids, and get outside, get some fresh air, get out of the city, and get some solid exercise in. And the second one I have is actually my favorite beach in San Diego. If you're ever here, Black's Beach is a must visit. It's actually probably the best surfing break in San Diego. Also to get down to it is is about a 15 minute hike hmm. uh, down and up. So if you go down there, surf for three, four hours, come back, it's quite the workout. And there's always people doing, you know, different stuff on the beach, running, uh, you know, volleyball, whatever it is. So it's definitely a good place to go if you ever want to work out. There's also stairs. Um, people run up and down those all day. Just don't go too far down the beach because there is a nude section. Okay. That's not <laughs> Estes so just discovered that to my right here, and he was like pointing at his screen like, Olivia. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's so a, it's actually a, it, it's a, it's a huge beach, and there is a nude section. Just if that's not something you want to do, avoid that area. But 80% of it's like normal public beach. I like to have the option. I think that's an asset. The options there. The options there. Yeah. Yes. After a nice surf, you might need to just kick back and let it all hang out. Yeah. Yeah. What is the yeah. appeal to that? Are you guys noticed? Do you like? Are you looking for like opportunities to be in public naked? Public? No. no. Not really. But no. in the right environment, like a, a beach. Like I think the European approach that like boobs are not. Why, like, we make them bad societally when it's like. Well, I don't know who you're talking to. Okay, well, the male gaze is not the same as like okay, these okay, okay. feed children. <laughs> yeah, um, I would. Titties aren't bad. I would, <laughs> yeah, I would totally be down for a European nude beach, but this one in particular is not the vibe. It's basically just old creepy bitch old people. Around. Yeah, old, yeah. So you don't. People. It's not. Yeah. yeah, it is unfortunate that that's the number one demographic that tends to flock to nude beaches. Not only yeah. that, but like in, we don't have beaches here, but we do have hot springs. So you get that you get the you get the naked old creepy guy that's like needs to prove he's nude by like having himself just precariously out of the water enough, and then mm-hmm. suddenly I, it doesn't feel sanitary and I get yeah. out of there. Well, about that, it, actually, it was fun to be at the <laughs> nude hot springs. I went to the Strawberry Springs or whatever in uh, Steamboat, but they're obviously is like the creepy dude like sitting right on the stairs where everyone's getting in and out and just happening to like turn his head along with every single <laughs> mm-hmm. person that walks by it's like uh, why do they gotta ruin it for everyone man yeah because it's it's super dark there like you can be naked and nobody even if someone's right next to you they can't see you but like of course this guy's like sitting on the egg entrance and exit stairs like watching people go. <laughs> I will shout out as a as a woman, it's harder to be in these situations. This is not what this episode is about, but there is a Korean bathhouse in Aurora. If you're a woman and you like to just chill naked sometimes, you can go there and there's a women's only section. So you can just hang with ladies and be comfortable and safe. And there's not a creepy old dude on the stairs, as Tom just described. Mm. Yeah. That's way better than yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm just prude or maybe our culture is just not ready for nudism yet. And it takes another hundred years, you know, (laughs) to overwhelm the creepy old weird guy. A lot of stuff to work out culturally. (laughs) Nice. Good recos, man. I also shout out to to Troy's Fitness for labeling an eight mile hike as beginner. He's like a quick warm up before breakfast. Let's go. 
<laughs> I, I have some nice. friends who are pretty intense with it, so they would consider that beginner. Maybe I need to adjust my <laughs> ranking system. But you know, it, it, moderate ele- elevation gain. So you know, it's a it's a it's a good little four hour stroll. Mm-hmm. Nice man. Absolutely. I'll go quickly. Um, I talked about the the Capoeira Studio that I've been to for years and years and years. UCA, definitely check them out. UCAColorado.com. If you're looking for something cool, Capoeira is the coolest. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Easton Training Center today. Um, I've been training jujitsu probably pushing 15 years. Ooh, is that could that be true? Somewhere close to that. And I'm a purple belt largely because I've had intermittent training issues where I've been injured. So I kind of come and go and Easton training center has an, it is absolutely extraordinary. The, the gym in Denver is Elliot Marshall's gym. Great, wonderful guy. Absolutely awesome with kids, giant of a man, UFC veteran. I think he has like eight, nine or 10 fights in the UFC. Um, and, and just runs a really tight ship. Um, not only is he well known for um, Elevation Fight Team, which he founded for having a whole handful of UFC fighters currently that um, he corners and he he trains in jujitsu, um, but also he's really known for being able to build a martial arts studio, um, build a business, incorporate into community, and he's a very kind of like a customer first kind of guy. So you can expect the utmost of care um, as as a new person or as a visitor or anything like that going to Easton, which is really comforting, largely because if you're talking about fight sports and uh, Easton Training Center most certainly is, it's uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai, which are, you know, probably two of the the most effective um, fighting styles. You could throw wrestling and boxing in there, which you can also train at Easton. Um, But it can be a little bit overwhelming. You know, you see professional fighters there. You walk in, you see large, gigantic people um, that are trained killers. Um, so it can be a little bit overwhelming, but I tell you what, if, if you're interested in it, this is an absolute world-class gym. Um, you should definitely go check it out. Not only will you be welcomed, but when people are friendly, um, the whole culture, it just comes down from Elliot, um, uh, of how to behave with, with our training partners. Um, jujitsu players in particular are, are, are kind of an amazing bunch of people. There's a there's an odd thread that goes through jujitsu people because they get accustomed to losing. The best thing about jujitsu, you can train 100%, and when you're in a tight spot, you just tap and everything stops. And so everybody uh, respects that line because everybody gets put in precarious situations. So if you're interested in martial arts training, in uh, advancing your literacy and the fighting arts, I can't recommend Easton Training Center enough. They're absolutely extraordinary. That's my recommendation. Tom, what you got this week? I will piggyback off that. Also in the Easton Network, the um, gym that I have been training jiu-jitsu at, although I have been on a little bit of a break since I moved pretty far away from the gym, um, high-altitude martial arts, also world-class, uh, great coaches over there. Cody Donovan is running that, and you have all of these um, UFC fighters there as well. So, I mean, I think there's a really good scene here in Denver. Um, Absolutely. For mixed martial arts, uh, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai is what they're focusing on at high altitude as well, but you can do boxing, MMA. Um, your coaches are going into the octagon the same night <laughs> you can you can have class one day and then you could go watch them on tv uh to fight at the highest level so um that is super cool and it's an amazing workout i don't 
Ryan, I don't know if you really highlighted how much of a workout jujitsu can actually be. Oh, it's insane. Um, yeah. But you'll be dead at the end of it. Um, if you, I mean, it is one of the only workouts where you are actually like on the brink of death. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, your body thinks so for sure. Your brain knows that like, this is all fun and games, but you, especially as you, the white belt journey is all getting your body accustomed to like really feeling like you're in a fight to the death. Yeah. 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 That's what makes it, that's what makes it exciting. I am a third degree, three stripe white belt right now. Um, I should be a blue belt, but I stopped going about a year ago because I moved pretty far away from the gym. I got to get back into it. Um, one thing that I have been doing though recently, and since we're talking about workout classes, F45. Yeah. Have you guys heard of that? It's it's a gym. It's a chain of gyms. They're all over the place. I'm going to the Cody Merrill one, which is close to my house um, over on Colorado and South Denver area. And you go in there. It's it's kind of like a calisthenics CrossFit type. Um, it's it's mainly cardio and like resistance training. Um, but you go in there, you know, it's forty five minutes of nonstop stuff. They're they're telling you exactly what to do. They have these screens that are showing the workouts for all these different stations. You're typically rotating around to these different stations, um, doing X amount of laps through those, and by the end of it, like you're done, like you're dead. Um, but it's such a good workout and it, it's just nice because, um, if you don't know too much about like what lifts you should be doing or what different workouts you can do to target different areas of your body, it's just an easy way to learn a lot of different things really quickly. And that's kind of what I needed right now. So, and just 45 minutes, like you get your workout done in 45 minutes. You're not at the gym for two hours waiting for machines or anything like that. Um, it works really well. Yeah, that's a great spot. I, I go to that core power just right above. And so I'm always peeking oh, my head. Is that the one that you go to? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But but especially those like kind of hit workouts are, are huge because it's fun to go to the gym and lift like a lazy bear and just kind of like look at your phone and lift heavy. But man, just being able to do a group class like that, that's how you see those gains, I think, in, the, in your physical fitness. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've been feeling good. Um, I've been doing it for like three weeks now and it you already see improvement like super quickly within the first month. Um, and then I just got to shout out high ride cycle. Olivia, I know you're going to talk about cycle bar, but high ride cycle. Um, my sister-in-law, Teresa has been an instructor there for maybe like two years now and it is tough and they do a similar type thing where it's, you know, they're doing like dance music and they've got like lights and all <laughs> nice. this crazy stuff. And like, you're really kind of dancing while you're cycling, mm -hmm. but oh my God, your legs are going to feel like jelly afterwards. It's, it's insane. And with how fit people are in there and like the amount that they go hard, it just inspires you to just crank up that little knob a little bit more. <laughs> and start feeling. Although those like cycles where you have the special shoes and you're like locked into it, like those kind of freak me out a little bit. I don't know if you guys have used those ones, yeah. but the first time you're ever on one, you're going to get like yanked by it because you don't know that it's not going to stop when you stop. <laughs> so as long as you're you're comfortable with those things, uh, these cycle classes can be super fun. Olivia, you want to hop in right there? Yup. And you're right. I am going to talk about cycle bar. I love cycle classes in general. I like, I'm 
the kind of person I try to stick to non-weight-bearing exercise like cardio and bar type stuff just because my body wants to be a lot thicker than I want it to be if I bear any weight at all. She's like, cool, you're <laughs> going to have tree trunk quads now. So we stay away from weight. Uh, we do a lot of cardio. I love cycle bar. I think it can be really hard to do cardio on your own sometimes. And so being in a group, being with you know a certified instructor that knows – how to like get you toned. And then the, like the music is dope. There's always a lot of like reggaeton and stuff. So it really gets you going. And then also you're holding weights on the bike as well for like 30% of it. So I don't know if you've ever done like skull crushers while you're cycling in time with reggaeton, but it gets you going. Yeah, <laughs> Like you feel a burn in your whole torso. And I love that. Um, so yeah, shout out Cycle Bar. They specifically have a really cool ethos and like really rigorous training. The trainer for the area of Denver, is, she goes by K-Max and she looks like her name is K-Max. She's just ripped. She looks like she could shot put me. Um, so it's really rig rigorous training and it's like really cohesive across their locations. I go to the DTC location. Uh, yeah, shout out Cycle Bar. And then also... On the other side of that, uh, check out your local local rec center. So I used to go to Cycle Bar Southlands, which closed. So I can't always get over to DTC. And so recently I've been going to my rec center, which is kind of incredible value, um, $30 a month. And I have access to their full course schedule and then also all the other rec centers in Aurora for 30 Sick. bucks a month. So yeah, yeah, I've been doing like twice a week cycling classes there. And it's a very different vibe, but you still get the music. You still get the group feels just a little more communal. So yeah, that is all for me. Cycle bar. Are they big yellers? It's less yelling and more like there are some pump up sections, but then they also have a section every class where they like really try to inspire you. Like they talk to you about like, Hey, like, think about something that's, you know, going on right now that's not working out so well for you. On this next song, we're just going to work on letting go of that. It's So they there's not a lot of yelling. It's, I think, pretty well thought out. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I've been to a couple spin classes. It's been some time and boot camps, but it was the yelling. It was like, you know, almost calling people names. I'm like, I don't, I don't really appreciate that. This makes me angry, you know. Sometimes and, they can get pretty crazy in there. Uh, yeah. With the yelling. It's I also feel like you're really called to challenge yourself though, because like Tom said, everybody in there is so fit. You're like, there's this yeah. triathlete next to me. I'm not about to like not go hard. Yeah. So well, they embarrassed me because I, you know, in spin class, you have to like crank the thing to tighten it. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. faking doing that, like sliding it, and I got called out and embarrassed in front of the class. And I was like, it is not me who is at fault, it's the instructor at this place. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're making it too hard. That's why I have to fake spin it. Yeah. <laughs> fake spin. <laughs> yeah. Spin class isn't for me. Every time I ride my bike, honestly, like for, for distance or like climbs or anything, I'm like, do I like this? Do I enjoy cycling? This seems terrible. So I'm more of a, a single speed around the city kind of cyclist. Gotcha. I, I figured out. I finally kind of settled into and just owned my relationship with cycling. I'm down for like some mountain biking. I'm not really... I'm not road biking it for miles and miles. Although I've never really given that a fair shot. I just think that mountain biking is a little more exciting for me, a little more action. Yeah. A little more shade oftentimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just get bored, man. Like I rely on the adrenaline of like, I just woke up. I don't know my name yet. 
and they're playing Bad Bunny at me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I need. No, but good call on the rec centers too. Glen Arm, awesome. Love the Glen Arm. I also love the Madison on Mm -hmm. Colfax next to to East. That is such a cool rec center. I love that place. And I think it's the only one in Denver that might be open on Sundays. So we'll go down there and lift sometimes Mm. and shoot hoops. You know, it's a good place to get a game. If you like that old man pick and roll style game, probably not a spot for you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> young, young kids dunking. I'm like, oh, well, I'll play the next one and then just walk on the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> Go to there getting stuffed by some 14 year old that's yeah. six foot six. Totally. <laughs> 260 somehow. It's like, dude, what are you eating, man? What's, what's happening? Don't you right have now? to be at school right now? <laughs> so true. Nice. Okay, let's bounce through uh, highlights really quick. Uh, my highlight I'm going to feature is the Samana Float Center, which kind of ties into like Tom's cool Shavasana uh, event at Red Rocks. Um, Samana Float Center is right down in Rhino, right on Larimer. You wouldn't know because it's kind of nestled in behind that billiards club right there. Um, but it has, I think, eight different float tanks. Um, if you're unfamiliar with floating, essentially what these rooms are, uh, are big bathtubs that have about 18 inches of water, 800 pounds of Epsom salt. And you go in there 90 minutes at a clip and you just float in the water. The idea is to deprive all of your senses of any stimulation. So you can't see anything, hear anything, smell anything. The, 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 Water itself is kind of body temperature, so you're neither cold nor warm, and you just allow your brain to do what it does without any external stimulation. And it's extraordinary. There's a lot of different uh, ways I'll go in there, different intentions. I'll go into a contemplative meditative state sometimes. Sometimes I'll just kind of walk through systematically like certain things I'm thinking about, whether it's work or relationships, or really I'll just go in there and kind of do Vipassana style mindfulness and just be aware of my body being fully relaxed and as relaxed as it can. There's been like really good science out on um, the benefits of what they're calling non-sleep deep rest, I believe is what it's called. It just means like chilling out. (laughs) So it's great. And Samana is the best in the business. It's a wonderful business run by uh, Paul and Heather uh, Clift. And it's extraordinary. Not only is it a, a really cool float center, very clean, very professional, very relaxing, but it's basically a museum for visionary and psychedelic art at this point. They have just a crazy art collection in there, which is really cool. And you can get a cup of tea and there's like little candies and stuff. It's just one of the most pleasant things that you can do for yourself is checking out a float tank. Um, hmm. It takes a minute if you're new to get used to the fact that like, just floating in the dark. Mm. And that's all you do. Um, but, you know, if you're as busy as we all are, which I know you are, it's probably good to just schedule a time to just absolutely chill and relax for 90 minutes. Awesome. Samana Float Center. Olivia, what's your highlight from last week? Cool. My highlight from this week is the Criterion Collections Pre-Code Horror Capsule. So I'm a big fan of the Criterion Collection channel. It's like 10 bucks a month. And they publish these capsules that like help you learn about different art movements or directors or whatever. They have multiple capsules for spooky season. So this Pre-Code Horror Capsule 
In case you don't know, the Hayes Code was enacted 1934 to 1968, and it was really rigorous, um, like self-censorship and morality code for film, including like profanity, sexual content, violence. But there was this window of time between when sound was introduced to film in 1927 and when the Hayes Code was enacted in 1934, when the best horror was coming out. It was like really provocative. There were a lot of themes of like societal problems and sexuality and all of these things that then were censored in following decades. So the first one I watched last night was Freaks from 1932, um, which used a lot of like actually famous sideshow actors of the era. And I'm really looking forward to digging into it. There's like some uh, Bella Lugosi action in there. Going to watch The Black Cat, The Old Dark House. So I really appreciate the Criterion Collection for always like, I'm not always feeling on my toes in terms of like pushing myself to learn about film. Sometimes the Criterion Collection does it for me. Hmm. That's my highlight for the week. Sounds awesome. Awesome. Cool. I will hop in and give you guys mine before we listen to it. Troy, um, Grizz, man, it was the Grizz send off last Thursday. Uh, Grizz, top, top guy in electronic music. He is the king and uh, he's, he's going on a little break. So Thursday, he lives here in Denver. Um, he wanted to do just a quick tour around the venues to say goodbye to everyone for a little bit. Um, while he does his planned hiatus. Um, but I get it. Like he's been doing this since he was like a teenager. I think he said 18 or 19 or something. He's in his early thirties now. Um, he wants some time to go live his life. So Grizz, uh, did his last Denver shows. He did, uh, love the pavilion. That was a free show during the day. Um, then your early evening show at the Fillmore. That's the one that I went to. It was in the round which means basically he's got his decks in the middle of the crowd cool. and it's just a big party. It Man, nobody does it uh, quite like Grizz. So I know I was talking about him last week, but that was my highlight from last week, uh, Grizz at the Fillmore. And then went and did Mission right after that. Imagine being able to just say, I'm going to sell out not one, two, but three of Denver's top venues in one day. And I'll, I'll tell you, there was not a ticket that didn't get used like these places are packed out. Yeah. So, uh, I would film or uh, Levitt was a free one, but you know he got a little nice send off bonus for Fillmore and Mission in the same night. Heck yeah! I saw the pictures of the Levitt Pavilion. There was like seven thousand people there. <laughs> it was amazing. Even outside the in gates the and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the middle of the day on a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Guys got some uh, got some pull around here, so he do what he wants to do. But cheers, Grizz. Nice, nice. Yes. I just will point out quickly. I I don't know if the audience can see it, but I think it's like trout or salmon or something <laughs> on, on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> they can see swim, it s- swimming in place for like this whole. Yeah. Anyways, wow. been enjoying that. Ew, I honestly prefer it to the horror scene cuts that were up there before. It was like drops of blood and some things that were actually making me a little Black uncomfortable. Yeah, I, 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 10% of people have a real problem with the sight of blood. Like it makes them like queasy and like lightheaded and they pass out. It's not even their fault. It's just like a biological genetic thing. I felt like that was insensitive to those hemoglobic people. Well, we prefer these like little fishies. <laughs> the trout. Innocuous. Pleasant trout. Swimming upstream slowly but surely. 
You're getting there. I think the cameraman put in some little treats right behind the camera. I saw a little bit of fish food go like, by. Yeah. See, that like, there it was right there. Totally, and they're fighting for it. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Oh. Nice. Yeah, I'll just quickly uh, point out my highlight from last week was definitely uh, just spending some time in Colorado, um, Grand Junction for a few days, and then the drive from Grand Junction to Denver is actually really beautiful. It is. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure you both have done that, or each of you guys have done that before. And then, yeah, being in, like I said earlier, being in Denver very briefly. When I say briefly, literally driving through it, stopping at a gas station. So, <laughs> gonna definitely have to spend some actual time there. And uh, excited to meet everyone at the office when I do come out. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we blew it. We totally should have taken advantage of the moment, but the planning did not coalesce. So next time for sure, Troy. Yes, Absolutely. next time. Next time. We were glad to host you. <laughs> the 20 minutes it took you to drive through the town. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. That's a wrap, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for the people that tuned in on the YouTube live stream. Um, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We publish, what, what once a week, maybe twice a week. Um, also, I wanted to give shout out to uh, Tom and Olivia for their great remote uh, broadca- broadcast last week was so cool. Um, it's called yes. Colorado Community Media. Colorado Community Denver Media. Community Media. Denver Community Media. That was really really cool. And boy, did yes. it sound really good. Their their studio is amazing. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. And that was just on an iPhone in their studio. So, Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Just with the the sound space in there, perfect. And just recording on my iPhone 14, like it was kind of the irony of it was kind of awesome though, because we, they have a television (laughs) set, which we were on. Yeah. We were just sitting there recording on an iPhone with like hundreds of thousand dollars of tech, you know, within (laughs) like tossing a rock's distance. Yeah. Well, Apple loves to hear that. I'm sure. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, so definitely uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, please. That's um, uh, What's Good Denver on YouTube. We're also on Spotify, and we're also on Apple Podcasts. So please check that out. Uh, Shout out to Troy for the music, and uh, shout out to our sponsor, Wildcast. Um, Check them out, gowildcast.com. If you're a podcaster, go there and get paid for advertising opportunities. And if you are in business, um, go to gowildcast.com and check out um, amazing podcasts advertising opportunities that's a wrap been a great week and we will see you next week later y'all